0: Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of Ingalls and Ian, presented by Cowboys Ride for Free. And as always, your good friend of mine, Ian, how are you doing today, buddy?
1: Feeling pretty good, getting my voice back uh, from yelling at at the uh, OSU-Baylor game, of course. Uh, That was a game. I mean, it kind of, OSU essentially kind of reverted to the team that we saw in the last, like, couple of games. Last two games,
0: yeah. I mean, they definitely. I mean, I mean, I was the I was banging that drum, right? Like this is going to be the game where they like break out and it's going to be awesome. And Spencer goes and throws three picks. (laughs) Mm. He still, you know, goes for two hundred fifty yards between the air and the ground. And I mean, a win's a win. We're number twelve in the country right now, so. It's a very weird feeling I have about the Oklahoma State team. Like, I don't know if they're good or not. They've they've obviously played some good teams. They've beaten two top 25 teams, and that's something. And, you know, I just don't know where they're at. Like, can they actually score? And But we finally broke the curse of not being able to score in the second half. We put up 10 in the fourth quarter, you know. But I don't know, man. I just – I don't know where we're at. And I – I mean, the defense, the only thing that I know for sure is that defense is legit, and then some. They might be the best defense in the country.
1: They very well could be, and, man, I I was super surprised with what I saw out of Sanders. We kind of saw him regress again. It's like we know he how good he is, but he is very, very inconsistent, and he can't put together, like, a strain of like really good games he'll have a good game and then he'll you know revert to you know three interceptions 13 passes 182 yards in the air I mean he was basic he was essentially on par with Baylor's quarterback Gary Bohannon 13 completed passes 173 yards their quarterback ratings were super similar uh with uh you know uh, Bohannon getting 55.5 and Spencer Sanders getting 55.3. So, I mean, look, when Sanders turns it on, it's it's gold. Because we've seen them put up those 340-yard games. We saw that against Kansas State, where he had two touchdowns, no turnovers. And then we saw, we saw a really ugly performance. Spencer Sanders gives you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you don't know which one's coming
0: hundred percent. And, and another thing I, I noticed right away was he, well, it wasn't even the first pick, but it was early on the game and he threw one that should have been picked. And the moment that happened, you could tell Casey down was like, Nope, I don't trust you anymore. And you could tell he just, he went away from his game plan because early on, like we talked about last show where I was saying that the play-action RPO was going to be the bread and butter for that, for that team, and early on, they went to it, and they were making these big chunk plays, and then all of a sudden, Spencer almost throws a pick, and Dunn's like, nope, uh, we're not letting you throw the ball that much anymore. <laughs> he still manages to throw three picks, but still, it was... Oh, oh, that, was that, that game...
1: The crazy thing was, is like at the end of the third quarter, where he just kept on feeding Tay Martin, that was working. And it got them like, a, I think the field goal um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, that was working for them, having that nice balance. And he had a really good third quarter, mm-hmm. uh, at least a really good drive, at least. But one of those interceptions was not Sanders' fault. I think it deflected off of a shot Owens.
0: Yeah, he uh, got hit. Right I mean, at the, two I think two of the three, he got hit. So, I mean, yeah, there was some other issues at play, but I mean, even Gundy said it like you've got to learn just like sometimes just take the ball and go down instead of turning the ball over. And, that, and that's been his issue. It's been his issue all career is that he's got all the talent in the world and he thinks he can turn anything into a touchdown and he can't. And he's got to learn. And I'm starting to think at this point he will never learn to just take the ball and go down.
1: What's super crazy about those three interceptions, Baylor's Baylor? All they did was punt.
0: Yeah, negative eight
1: yards from on the uh, the first interception. That's how many yards they had. uh, Baylor did seven yards after the second interception, and then negative five yards. After the third interception, there were points on the board for them because I think they had two of the touch two of the um, passes right like the thirty. Yeah, I mean there were a
0: couple that were deep in Oklahoma State territory, and you know the defense just. I mean, I have never seen Oklahoma State
1: defenses.
0: They have another gear. It's like okay, it's time. Let's just let's just break people, and that's what they do.
1: I think what also helped is that the defense was able to have time off the field. It There wasn't just like several three and outs. There was, you know, there, a 12 play drive, a five play drive, a 13 play drive, a six play drive. Like they were, like they had drives and it wasn't just several three and outs. They, uh Oklahoma state's defense had time to rest and they, and Oklahoma state led the time of possession by, um, it was 30, 34 minutes, 33 seconds, compared to Baylor's 25 minutes and 27 seconds. So yeah, that's a lot less time for your defense to be on the field, and that's certainly helped against Baylor.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, they, and they held Baylor to three for 15 on third down and one for three on fourth downs. I mean, that's that's huge. It's four for 17 on plays that really, ma- like really, really matter. Only 280 yards, and they've been putting up. They were averaging close to 40 points a game coming into this. And so it's just a testament to just how good this defense
1: really is. And they held Baylor in the first half. That was the first half for Oklahoma State. That was the best defense I've seen out of them this year because they held Baylor to 99 yards, six rushing. All of those rushing yards, Baylor ended up with 107. They got 101 in the second half.
0: Right, and nah, half, I just thought that was
1: and crazy. half of that
0: was on one play that really freaky yeah. fourth down that they really converted for the touchdown. Yeah, I mean, the, it was fantastic. I mean, the defense performance is awesome, and I just just kills me seeing the offense doing what it's doing. I mean, yeah, they're we're winning, and that's five and zero oh is five and zero. Oh. Does no one cares? The history books do not care how you got to five and zero. Oh. But we're five and zero, and you know. But it's still, can we do this against Texas? Can we do this against? So those kind of questions.
1: I'll say this: this is Oklahoma State's first time being five and zero since 2015 when they made the Sugar Bowl and lost to Ole Miss. Uh, if, I mean, if you look back at the teams, I mean, that that was a Mason Rudolph led team. They mm-hmm. didn't get to five and zero after that. So I mean, if you want to go into that route to where you're like, okay, maybe this team is different. I think you certainly can. And also, I mean, yard-wise, Oklahoma State had 401 yards. Yeah, The only thing that they didn't do was score was score points.
0: I mean, that's what happens when you throw three picks. I mean, that's just that's what happens. And so I'm going to get into my, my hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take. I don't know. But I think it's time to consider benching. Spencer Sanders.
1: Well now, okay, now what you've done is that you have you made your take a lot less hot cuz you've okay. you've gone to the consider thing. They've been considering it all season. The thing that keeps Sanders with the starting job is what he's doing on the ground and that Aliensworth doesn't have that ability. He can't run worth a flip. Sanders has, I mean, 12 carries, 76 yards probably don't win without those Sanders 76 yards. He had, you know, the longest run play for Oklahoma state with 25 yards. Yeah. He adds that, that to the offense.
0: And I, and I, I, I think he is a better quarterback. However, Shane makes less bad decisions. Like you don't have those three turnovers. That's probably another 10 points, you know? And I don't know. I, I He's just, he's, I mean, at this point, he's what in year three? He's proven who he is. And I think it's time to maybe give Shane the go. I mean, I think, I mean, it, you would be hard pressed to do it because he is 4 0. You know, Shane had that, did not look good against, uh, you know, Missouri State. But he's looked good in the past. He had a good good season last year when Spencer was hurt. So I think it's time to think about it. We got two weeks, you know, got the off week coming up. So maybe start giving him some first team reps and just start seeing if that's the actual route we want to go.
1: respectfully, as much like I I disagree. Because I mean Illingworth, he threw an interception against Missouri State. He had 315 yards, but rushing again. Two attempts, negative seven yards, and they couldn't get anything done against Missouri State. I
0: know, I know, and that's and that's the thing, right? It's that is why I am like having this like really weird feeling because, like, yeah, he looked terrible against Missouri State, and but I don't know. I I don't think, and I hope I'm wrong, and I and I hope that Spencer gets rolled out against Texas puts up you know, good numbers, doesn't throw that picks. I'm not rooting against Spencer at all because uh, I think he is the best quarterback on the roster. I just – this is – is he's done this too many times with too many big spots, and we're going up against Texas, and, you know, he threw – he had multiple turnovers against Texas last year, uh, so I'm just hoping, hoping against hope that that doesn't repeat itself and – you know, but he at this point he just makes either he's got either he's got to change fundamentally who he is as a quarterback, or they need to figure something else out because right now he just he makes too many bad decisions.
1: I'm gonna I'm I'm pulling up uh Illingsworth's game log. In the four games we played against in 2020, it was Tulsa, where he had like a fourth quarter drive, which he went four from five and 79 yards, which was good. Against West Virginia, he went 15-21, to had 139 yards. That was the L.D. Brown game. A lot of the offense came in on L.D. Brown. The next game he started was against Kansas. So, of course, he's going to look good. He had three touchdowns. But then you look at the OU game where he came in in relief. Out of 21 passes, he had five completions, five. And he had several intentional ground penalties and that the same thing could easily happen against texas and you look at you know the missouri state game only one touchdown passing that's missouri state he went 22 of 40 in that game he throws a lot of passes but he's not as accurate as i think Oklahoma state would like him to be i like shane Ellingworth. i think he's a good guy i think you know in due time He'll get his time in the sun. But right now, I just think he's a little too green, And I think that the offense works better in a kind of run, running gun type of thing where Shane Inlandworth kind of relies on, on deep balls. And, well, and you know, that, that is the, my one
0: big gripe with him is he, there's a couple of balls. And this is something I've seen out of Shane a couple of times. He underthrows guys and generally you know spencer will either overthrow a put on the money or he'll like or make a bad decision so I, I i and i get that i get that i'm just i don't know maybe putting the fear of god into spencer would be a good thing Just be like yeah we're gonna sit you because you need to learn your lesson maybe that's maybe that's what needs to happen but and it, and i'm conflicted like you know, Saturday night I was like, "Screw it, pull him, binge him." Over you know Monday, Monday night I'm like, "Okay, maybe I was a little harsh." <laughs> it's like you have that look, it's like you have that fight the- with your girlfriend, and you're like, the next day you're like, "Oh man, I was stupid." <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel right now.
1: I mean, look at the end of the day, he got the job done, right? He's he got that. He had and the touchdown. 0. Uh, drive to end the game off uh, with the Jalen Warren uh, touchdown, his second of the of the night. He delivered some beautiful balls to Tay Martin. He had a good touchdown with Rashad Owens. I think that – I think either way you're in the same spot. But I think Sanders gives you a better chance at winning more ball games.
0: Yeah, maybe so. You just can't – you can't have three picks. I mean, because a, go- a better team is going to turn – Three picks into at least 14 points. And that's just you just can't do that. And maybe, maybe it's just his one bad game. Maybe he got out of the way and the defense bailed him out. I don't know. I just man, I I I am uneasy. Every time he drops back in the to pass, I'm like, oh crap, is this is this the pick? <laughs> like every every time.
1: I'll say this. I think Baylor's defense is very turnover happy. And that's what makes him stand out. So I think I mean, I, I think we know he's better than that. And I, I think that this Baylor defense was kind of just like primed for him because look, I mean, they've had they have seven interceptions in uh five five games. They're they're really solid. They almost had a fumble or they caused a fumble but didn't recover it. I think that they just have a you know a solid defense when it comes to getting those turnovers and then credit to Dave Aranda, he did a really good job uh, just in just a second year, his first full year because of COVID he's done a really good job of uh, building them up.
0: Yeah. I mean, their defense was decent. Um, you know, we, our defense was just like we said before, lights out, man, like, that is incredible. Just what they did and Warren continues to just be the truth. Like The last couple of years, when especially when the quarterback play has been kind of iffy, somehow, some way Gundy finds somebody who just becomes the face of the franchise. Like, yeah, we all knew Chuba was fast, but then all of a sudden he goes for 2000 yards. And, you know, just it seems like every game there's somebody who steps up. And even the defense without the two, you know, top edge rushers, they're gone and they still get. Three sacks, four sacks, something like that, and just keep keep rolling. It is, and it is really amazing to be an Oklahoma State fan to see the defense when the defense gets up. Be like, okay, they're going to stop them here. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up yeah. in the days where we were like, if we if we give up thirty points, that's cool because we'll we'll score forty. <laughs> so I'm you know, like, this is bizarre for me, but I I cannot just how. Good, they looked fast and like all the open field tackles. I mean, you were there in person, so you, you probably had a better, better view than I did. and man, they they missed they missed almost no tackles. They were just on point the entire night.
1: Dude, let's talk about Colin Oliver for a sec. You were doing him earlier. Freshman, he has stepped up big time, mm-hmm. replacing Brock Martin and uh, Trace Ford. Six tackles, five solo, and two of OSU's. Three sacks, including the one on the final uh, defensive play for Oklahoma State. He did a phenomenal job, and the kid's got a really bright future. I'm really excited to see what he does against Texas. Which we'll say this: Texas's O line doesn't look super great. This could be a field day for uh, the Oklahoma State defense. The one thing I think you gotta, you know, you gotta stop Bijan Robinson because that guy is a beast.
0: You know, we've said that a couple of times already this season about how good these running backs are, and they stopped them every time. Like, I mean, they were what we, we gave up, what we already said it uh, 107 yards on the ground. Half of that was on one play. So if you take out that one play, it's you know 50, 60 yards. So, I mean, every they they control the line of scrimmage so well.
1: So Texas looks. Um, B. John Robinson is absolutely di- different. He will he w- he willed that team to win against TCU. He had two hundred and five yards against TCU. And TCU's defense may not be as strong, but B. John Robinson is the real deal. And I think he's gonna have he's gonna have a field day against Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to see how Red River shakes out. I mean, that's I was surprised that Oklahoma only opened at like a four and a half point favorite. I thought it would be closer to a touchdown, but so, you know, the sharps and everybody else are thinking it's going to be a really tight game. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see. And I've been trying to decide what I think is better for OSU because obviously I want to see OU lose. Uh, but is it better for OU? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, everything goes perfect. OSU OU go into the go into Bedlam undefeated. What's better? It's better for OU to have that loss or not to have that loss. So I'm like trying to like determine that right
1: now. I think that if I think you want Texas to win because there's a chance that that game is going to be a letdown spot for them because they're riding high off a big victory against OU. But at the same time, if OU were to win there's a game plan to beat Texas then. It's a tough decision. Yeah.
0: I mean mean Red River is always weird. I mean, rivalry games are rivalry games. But, I mean, I I really don't know because I don't know who Texas is. Who knows what OU is? I mean, they're all over the map.
1: I don't think anybody knows what's going on in the Big 12. And, look, I think they're in better shape than some other conferences – the ACC doesn't look great at all. I think most of their playoff hopes kind of rely on a Wake Forest who's five and zero right now. Like,
0: How they don't is look Wake five and zero? I I realized that today. I was like looking through the standings, like Wake is five and zero. Clemson is out of the top twenty-five, and Wake is five and zero. What's going on there?
1: <laughs> it's the magic of college football, man. I mean. I'll say this, I don't think o s u deserves to be twelve right now. I think they kind of got there by default by being undefeated, and look, it looks good having two top twenty five teams that you beat on your resume and heck you beat Kansas State by more points than uh than o u did, but at the same time, have they looked like a top twelve team their mm-hmm. defense has, but I'd say defense as has
0: in, yeah no. uh, well, the other thing is like it's something like 34 top 25 teams have lost in the first five weeks, which is the most ever. So I I think it's, I think it's that a lot of people don't look the part. Bama looks really good. Georgia, Georgia deserves to be number one. In my opinion, I think they're better than Bama outside of those two. You know, with the way Oklahoma City's defense is playing right now, I would put them up about, uh, up against anybody but Bama and Georgia and say they would have a, a decent chance of winning. They wouldn't be favored against some teams, but I think they would have a, at least 40% ch- chance to win just, just with how good the defense is playing right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at who's number 11, that's Michigan State. That That's a toss-up. I think BYU's a toss-up. I don't necessarily believe in Michigan. I think OSU could beat Michigan. But everybody else, you're kind of just like, well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides Bama and Georgia, I mean, Iowa does look really good. But even they have hmm, – they got some issues.
1: I'll say this. I think Penn State beats them. I think Penn State 100% beats Inken. It's Oh, uh, it three o'clock. It's not a night game. I like Penn State.
0: Uh, I, I agree. I think, I think Penn State is going to beat them completely.
1: They might. I'll say this I think Penn State might win the big 10. I think they're perfectly capable of winning the big 10. I think they they gotta they have to have a game plan on what to do against Ohio State's offense because they're cooking up right now and that's a problem
0: right but the thing with Ohio State is you're giving up so many points on the, the defensive side like that could be the most non-big 10 big 10 game ever like 52 to 48 kind of game without much like, because Ohio State's they've been averaging like 38, 40 points a game they've been giving up. I mean, that's bad. And they've already – they didn't fire the defensive coordinator, but they basically fire the defensive coordinator, but he's still on staff and all that other stuff. I mean, it is a wild, wild time at Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I think they're kind of dealing with the reverse angle of what Oklahoma State is because – I think they think that they have a, you know, they're supposed to be a team with a killer offense or a killer defense. They don't really have that right now.
0: I mean, to be fair, I don't think many of us thought Oklahoma State would be rolling in with a really high caliber offense
1: this year. (laughs) I think, I think we thought it'd be better than it was or better than this. I think, I think that a lot of Oklahoma State fans were expecting, been Sanders for this to be a breakout year for him and him having, you know, 300 yards a game and, you know, kind of beating teams a little easier than this. not, not too close of games.
0: Right. I mean, but to be fair, I mean, we did have all the wide receivers out for two games and the offensive line issues, everything else. And I don't know, maybe Baylor is just, maybe Baylor is the game he needed. Maybe he was just like a little too confident getting a little like, yeah, I am the man, you know, and maybe Baylor is what he needed to like get his head back into the game, be humble and just keep, you know, making the right plays instead of trying to make the play every time.
1: They got a stretch of Baylor has a stretch of three games, West Virginia, BYU and Texas. I, they might be BYU or Texas. I honestly think that I think that this team is, Really good, and they could easily end up like at eight and four at the end of this.
0: I could see him beating Texas, I don't see him beating BYU. Like,
1: BYU is so like they got rid of Zach Wilson, and they're doing (laughs) really, really good. They didn't look that great against Arizona or uh, USF, and they have Boise State this week. That's That game is very interesting. I know Boise State's two and three, but, man, they can put up a fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Boise's decent. Where is that game? Is that in Utah or
1: is that in – That's in Provo, yeah. Yeah. Spread right now is uh, BYU uh, minus five.
0: That sounds about right in my opinion. But, you know, I'm looking at the remainder of Oklahoma State's schedule, and I can see three losses or no losses. (laughs) <laughs> like, that's how I feel about this team. Like Texas, I think we can beat. they can obviously put up a lot of points. Uh, ISU. I think, I think ISU is done. Um, and with the being the 10 year anniversary of things, I think that's going to be sort of a Gundy's going to get on them. Like, look, we cannot lose this game. Kind of thing. Kansas is obviously Kansas <laughs> West Virginia is good, but I think we can beat them. GCU is okay. Tech is awful, and then you got OU. Like, hey, I could Tech see four I, and one right now. Do what?
1: They're four and one, and they just beat West Virginia. Texas Tech did.
0: I know, I know, and that's they so don't, weird to me. But I've watched, like, I've watched all their games. I'm just like, they don't look very good.
1: I think my honest opinion is. They could, they might lose to Texas, and they might lose to Oakland, and that might be it. I'm, I'm looking for a trap game, but I'm afraid because every game has been so close that there's not necessarily a trap game to begin with.
0: For Oklahoma State, no, I don't, I don't think there is at this point because um, I,
1: maybe West Virginia. Going to West Virginia is always does doesn't make me feel well. well Nor does Lubbock.
0: But here's the thing about like, I don't, I wouldn't consider that a trap game. Playing in Morgantown is tough. And especially if especially if that ends up being a night game, that's good. That place is going to be rowdy. But I wouldn't consider that a trap
1: game. If that game is under the lights, I know that's imagine West Virginia under the lights. That'll be tough. I just, they want to be a trap game, but I just think that I think the rest of the way would be tough.
0: Oh, it's going to be tough for sure. But I'm just looking at our next seven games. I'm just like, I could see us losing three of these and winning all of them at the same time. <laughs> like, these I, I next
1: could, two games, I could easily
0: be... see us losing to tech, Texas. I don't see us losing to ISU, KU. That's a that's if that's a loss, I, I'm done. I'll quit this podcast. I'll give up my fandom. I'm out. <laughs> Because that's nothing. on
1: homecoming too. <laughs> uh, you can't. You yeah. can't lose on homecoming. You can't.
0: Like we were just saying, West Virginia. I mean, that's
1: ex- I West say, Virginia in
0: Morgantown. TCU. I think will win at Lubbock. Is iffy. And OU is OU. And we don't have a great track record against OU. So I, I don't know, man. Like, there's part Let's of me that. There's part of me that wants to hope that like yeah this this team's going to win the Big 12 and there's all other part of me it's like 9 and 3. That's what this season's going to be.
1: I my my early season prediction was 9 and 3 Alamo Bowl.
0: That's pretty much exactly I what stick, I was thinking of.
1: I don't want to stick by that. Obviously I want to see, see them do better, but I think when you have, you know, 3 out of the next Three out of the next four are on the road. I think that that's going to be tough considering, I mean, it helped that you went into Boise State in that environment. I think that helps so much because, I mean, look, it, look how rattled Baylor was. They had nine penalties. And and also, I, I got to say this, Oklahoma State crowd was really hostile toward Baylor. A lot of bleep you Baylors, bleep you Baylors throughout the stands. I, look, I, I think I know what they did to deserve, to deserve that, you know, with all the Brial stuff. But at the same time, I'm just like, what did Baylor do to us?
0: I mean, just a cursory glance in my feel for what um, and who Spencer Sanders have been. He tends to play better on the road. I don't know what it is, but he just tends to be better away from Boom Pickens. I don't know if it's the "come at me, bro" mentality, like or what, but like he just always seems to like elevate when he's not at home.
1: I mean, we'll see. Also, I mean, Spencer Sanders he hasn't been Texas yet. That is true. Last two games, Texas has won. So, I mean, we're well, going mean, to be about fair, that. to be fair, last game.
0: year with that roughing the punter kick was Mm. complete crap (laughs) it was it
1: was it was
0: at this oklahoma state bar in denver and when that happened we were all like what the bleep (laughs) and everyone was so pissed but that i don't i'll have to look it up but that is if you're ever in the colorado area that's a fun spot to go watch a game like it's the first time i've ever been to like a college bar that wasn't in like stillwater it was, it was really cool being in Colorado and like all these Oklahoma State people showing up, and it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I assume those college bars are a lot of fun. I wouldn't know, I'm 20, <laughs> but uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, I assume that bar in Denver is fun. I went to the garage for that game and it was a roller coaster of emotions i'll tell you that yeah
0: and I, i'm and i'm glad we've got you know a week off I, I think i think the bye week is about in the right like the, the best spot because we've won we've had some adversity now it's time to rest maybe our kicker can get his head straight uh and all of that and then just like gear up and like all right let's roll Let's go into it let's beat Texas because if, if all all things being equal we come out of Texas with a win huge thing like still are going be electric because like the, the the idea of yes we can actually do this becomes a real real thing of we can win this
1: yeah I think that Texas game is going to it, it that's your put up or shut up game. I think yeah. right now, Oklahoma State reminds me a lot of like the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers where they went 11-0 and and everyone was like, are you guys for real? And this is, Texas game is probably the Washington football team game for them. This is where you put up or shut up. Yeah. And also, I mean, look, there's not a time yet scheduled for this game. It's supposed to be either 11 o'clock on Fox or 6.30 on ABC. And I think that all depends on the Red River rivalry game and also who has the first choice
0: i mean i don't know what i would want more i mean that is i mean i don't know if a night game in austin sounds super appealing but neither does a 12 o'clock kickoff either
1: i think well if it also depends on who wins like look if if Texas wins, I assume that ESPN would have the first choice and they would want that six thirty game. But because mm-hmm. that's Fox's like number one game, you know, big noon and all that, if Texas wins, it could easily be an eleven o'clock game. And that I think that would help Oklahoma State a lot more. Yeah. If it's an eleven o'clock game.
0: Yeah. I mean Austin playing in, in like Austin at night is tough. Um so it I don't know. Tape. Maybe a change of pace would be good for them your early start. I don't know, cause it's it's weird, but we've played a lot of night games this year.
1: Yeah, I remember I remember last year, it was like there was a stretch of like 230 kickoffs, like all the way across the board. It was like two thirty, two thirty, two thirty, two thirty. So so many two thirty kickoffs.
0: And I've said this before. That is my favorite time for a kickoff. It's two
1: thirty. Oh, it's mine too, for sure. For sure. Like, it's a great time to kick off. It's, you know, it's in the middle of the day. Also, if you lose at 11 o'clock, your day is virtually ruined. <laughs> virtually, because you have 12 hours of football to stew about your team's loss.
0: I posted this in Slack and it was the best thing I have read about college football. Um, oh, let me find it. But it was this great piece. I don't remember who wrote it. Uh, but it was about, like, how how it feels to, like, play or be a college football fan. It's, uh, it's, welcome to the weekly college football wrap-up that recognizes this sport is about nothing but feelings, primarily about enjoying the bad ones suffered by people besides you. <laughs> like, yes, that is mm-hmm. college football in a nutshell. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I read that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's hilarious because that's how it is.
0: Yeah, and especially after that, like Baylor video came out, where we're like, yeah, they do like steal all the traditions. I'm like, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad you saw that. I did not know what to make of that video.
0: It was just like, dude, come on. It's just, like, you're pissed. And you know, <laughs> we were doing that stuff before tech was doing it, and all the other, I've heard that forever. They we're just sore yeah, like, losers. You don't
1: see like, like Penn State does sweet Caroline, right? You don't see the Boston Red Sox be like, hey you stole our tradition. I think that like a lot of, a lot of college football traditions are one of the same and that's yeah. just how it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I just I was like, all right, Baylor, come on, grow up. This is this is why we call it. This is why we talk.
1: <laughs> Cause no, I mean, it's warranted. It's absolutely warranted. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's that was, that was honestly a really fun game. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. That was a, uh, I enjoyed that game thoroughly. That might have been the best because the th- here's the thing. Out of all the games, I think this one was the best. I'm going to say why. Like Missouri State, you're reeling off a, di- like, you're like, that this is a disappointing win. Tulsa, you're like, this is a disappointing win. Against Boise, everything was super, super weird. You were just happy that game was over. Kansas State was that you were like, okay, that's, that's okay. But against Baylor, I feel like that was like, was, like, you weren't really out. You weren't, like, you were always in control. And the defense had – defense just shine through.
0: Yeah, I mean, we never trailed the entire game. And I think that's one of the hard parts about it is it, it's just because of the offensive missteps, especially with all the interceptions and such, like, it felt
1: like we were behind,
0: but we never were. We, we led the entire game.
1: Uh, I'll clarify. This was the best game as a fan, not OSU's best game. Like as a, as a fan, like the way it played out, I think that was, that was pretty good.
0: I can agree. I mean, yeah, Uh it was, yeah, it was a fun time. I, I ended up watching it at a, sports bar in downtown charlotte by myself i'm just like Woo. <laughs> everyone's looking at me like who are you i'm like because like college football is not a big deal here because there's really no like it's it's not like it is in oklahoma and i'm just sit, like sitting there at the corner the Mayo Bowl in
1: charlotte i don't understand it should be like the, the hub of college football what do you mean <laughs>
0: and i'm just sitting there like i promise not t- i was like telling the the Person behind the bar is like, I promise not to get too loud. <laughs> like a couple of times I'll like get up and like do this and like sit back down. Like, okay, keep it together.
1: <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte's a weird melting pot for college football. It I mean, really it's kind of like Dallas in some ways. You get your North Carolina, your Duke, your NC State fans. You probably get some Clemson and South Carolina fans. Heck, you probably get some Virginia fans, Virginia
0: Vontech, Tech. Fans. Yeah. I mean, it Heck, was you probably
1: I mean, get some Tennessee
0: fans probably. Yeah. I mean, t- I mean, it's Knoxville's five hours from here. Maybe something like, I, I mean, mean, I will say that. this, it was a little bit, cause I came here in the middle of March to like look for a place to live. And it was pretty rowdy for March madness. Cause it's, you know, oh, Duke, yeah. North Carolina, like George, like there's a lot of Georgia people here a lot of Bama. Like oh, there's yeah. a, like there's like, 10 or 15 college fan bases that are all, you know, South Carolina, like all of it. And so it was a, it was pretty fun watching like March Madness around here. So, but it's for college football, it's just not the same.
1: Yeah. I, I College football is different because that's like, you know, like 60,000 compared to like 12,000 yeah. fans in there. And I think the bar atmosphere is probably a lot better uh, just because there's more people probably watching that game. Compared to everyone that's at the stadium. So,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, for football here, it sucks because I'm like the only ultimate state fan here. <laughs> but,
1: uh, you yeah. know, for,
0: for basketball, you know, basketball is a good, like, just like going out, watching with your friends because it's just so fast paced up and down, you know?
1: Dude, I've been having this conversation with myself like throughout the game. I, I think there was a couple of times where I think when Sanders threw an interception, we we're like, yeah, we're a basketball school now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we should always be a basketball school. If you really think about it, I mean, the tradition when it comes to basketball, there's so much of it at Oklahoma State, and I think that's something that we, I think that the fans do embrace, and I think that also, I mean, that's something that you know, with Boyden, just grab it, grab that basketball tradition, and you know, Uh, yeah, because Oklahoma State's like a blue blood, but not really a blue blood. They have the traditions there, but they're overshadowed by you know Kansas and. The Dukes of the world and the UCLA's, and also they only have like two national titles back in the '40s,
0: right? I mean, I'm I mean, I still remember 2004. But like when I first moved to Stillwater, I mean, it was basketball that you had to buy tickets for, not football. Like basketball wasn't on the all sports pass, and but football was, and then it switched. Where yeah, they were basically giving away tickets because we were terrible for so long.
1: It, it's a sleeping giant, and I, Boyden is slowly, and I think he's going to re- revive it. And GIA is going to be here. Oh man,
0: that when that place is rocking, it's hard to beat it. I've been there for some for some basketball basketball games and some big wrestling matches, and it is hopping. Oh man, it's great.
1: Glad you bl- you brought up wrestling because uh, Dalton Fix he uh he won a silver medal at some sort of world championships i don't remember the exact name of it but he won it in norway and that was that's something that i don't think they've won that specific a, a tournament since 1991 and that was with john smith but dalton fix becomes like the highest medaled guy since like 93
0: yeah I and mean, we've had like gold medalists in the olympics but for some reason like we just missed the world championships for some reason and but yeah i mean OSU wrestling is really good spot. Uh, you know, AJ Ferrari is a monster,
1: dude. I think if if you if you were to take a poll, AJ Ferrari is probably the most polarizing man at Oklahoma State. Because I don't, I've heard I've heard things, not like super bad things, but things where you kind of look at him, you just like, really, dude, but. I I think for sure that, I mean, he's, you know, national champion, all all that, but he's a very polarizing dude.
0: I haven't heard any of the negative stuff, but I'm not on campus anymore.
1: (laughs) There was a, uh, do you remember the, or have you heard of sister Sydney? Uh She's this like TikTok star. I get, I don't know what to make of her, but she goes around doing like anti-whore uh like very christian like speeches okay if that makes sense her slogan is literally be a hoe no more no mo (laughs) and (laughs) aj ferrari goes up there with um with sister sydney and took off his shirt started doing push-ups and there was a girl next to me yelling go away aj leave aj and then he had some other dudes who were like, let's go, AJ! Yeah! AJ! Do the push-ups! And it was so weird. <laughs>
0: Is this preacher Bob still doing his thing?
1: I think so. I think he was here last year. I don't know if he's supposed to make a return appearance soon, but...
0: he would always, you know, like He would show up like once or twice a year when I was there, and it was always a good time.
1: His name's not even... His real name's Gary.
0: I don't know. I just—everyone went called him was Preacher Bob.
1: Man, oh man, that's—I haven't got to hurt hear, hear him yet, but I assume he's insane too. I
0: mean, he was insane, you know. Fifteen years ago, he might sound normal now. With how insane the world has gotten.
1: Yeah, his real name is Gary Bowman. He's not even a bob he's a fraud
0: uh well I, i'm sure that the audience loves this so how about we say goodbye Let's until do next time so <laughs> thanks for coming out as always cowboys ride find me on twitter at jacob ingles uh, find ian and at all of this stuff it'll be in the show notes so yeah so, until next time everybody